Blog Talk Radio. At times like this, I think how lucky I am to be a NASCAR Winston Cup driver and how fortunate I am to have a great sponsor like Napa Auto Parts because Napa understands quality and value and the importance of having a friendly, knowledgeable staff. And it's at times like this, looking around at the empty grandstands and listening to the silence of pit road, that I realize I'm at the wrong track. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right hey and it's here thursday night with ozzy going off on us what's going on guys Not ozzy. Oh, ozzy and Bailey. Course, oh what's happening bro so let's lay play where it's at. It is in the yeah. background. My dog is not barking right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is. She's missing her mother. Sorry about that, gang. Uh, Mrs. Shytown's off visiting our niece and great niece for a few days, and Bailey's missing her mama. Okay. And I just put her food down. She's happy now, guys. She should be quiet for a while. Well, all right, guys. Hey, it's Thursday night, and we're back. We are. We are, Rob. It's been another busy weekend of racing. Kyle saw some good shows this past weekend in Pennsylvania. I got to go play in Wisconsin for a couple of days. Uh, it was a good racing weekend, that's for sure. Well, Kyle, guys, we got what Bob. What did you do this weekend? Sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. Well, it looks like uh, hopefully Evergreen on Sunday for the King of the Green Modifieds race uh that's that's what's on my schedule uh, i'm gonna try and maybe make it a grandview speedway saturday night don't know yet um that's still way up in the air um and then we got eastern states next weekend and then we got mahoning on the weekend of halloween so that's kind of what's going on with me so guys we got uh bob lemons calling in tonight and uh bob's called been on before and uh <laughs> Mark, we just let, sat back and listened to him because Bob's a historian on Winchester Speedway, and we got—I got to beat uh, Kyle. Got to meet Bob at Lucas Oil Raceway, and he was racing a open wheel roadster. And what Mark did, what about eighteen cars? They—they they were pretty serious out there. It was some serious uh, racing. It—it's uh, supposedly, if, if you want to call racing. Uh, affordable and uh, this series is probably more affordable than some others but the racing is awful exciting it's a combination between uh, uh, today's asphalt sprint cars and the old days with the uh, front engine roadsters uh, bygone indie car and sprint car look and they're really neat they're fun the guys get out there boy and they they push each other and they race it's a lot of fun bob enjoys it Looking forward for him to regale a few stories for us tonight, Kyle and Rowdy. So, uh, guys, headed to Texas. A lot of excitement. <laughs> hey, I mean, Kyle, it's uh, breaking news, what, about every hour and a half now in NASCAR? <laughs> it, it, it's gone crazy. 
First of all, the big big topic is NASCAR going electric. Kyle, what's your spin on that? Yeah, that's an interesting topic. I haven't heard of that yet. But, um, yeah, I can see that happening at some point, making, you know, I mean, we see it with Formula E. Um, you know, they're, they're electric, so, you know, and, and they're, they're lucky enough to run in New York City uh, to top a top to top but to put it on top of that guys um <laughs> it's uh yeah i mean I've, I've wanted to go to that race in brooklyn i've wanted to go to that um haven't made the trip here the trek yet so uh maybe maybe soon maybe next year you know we could try and get rowdy maglite racing media into formula e i mean i'd be game for that um but uh yeah that's an interesting topic guys um especially you know with the new car and then all the testing we had this week at the roval and i think there's going to be a test at the oval um late next month so there's a lot of testing still to be done for this new car and uh just lots of news coming out today also you know tony stewart gonna have two full-time entries in nhra next year that was some big news that came out today um Leah Pruitt and Matt Hagen. Uh, Matt Hagen's won titles, so uh, that's some pretty big news. Uh, you know, I know that I was kind of it was kind of a, a tease for all us media members, but uh, you know, NHRA throwing in there. But uh, that's kind of what I've, I've been following. And we got Texas this weekend, and uh, you know, we got uh, 300 miles on Saturday, 500 on Sunday, and uh, the opening round for the next round of the playoffs for both the Xfinity and Cup Series. Uh, who's who would you think's the favorite? Kyle Larson coming for, into this, Kyle. For the Cup Series? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to bet against him. Uh, you know, he did win the All Star Race in June. There, um, that was on his streak when he was winning all those races. I think it was four in a row if you include the All Star Race, and almost won five in a row at Pocono until the flat tire in the last corner. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they've been good on mile and a half. Kyle Larson's been good. On, you know, that, that was his first win. Came on a mile and a half when he when he got his first win back in March in Vegas. And uh, I think Vegas was the second Vegas race. They were they looked really good as well. So um, I think you have to they have to be the favorites. I mean, they're just they're too good right now. Um, you know, winning at the Roval. I mean, that was I, I felt like that was a very championship caliber drive uh, to come back from you know changing an alternator belt and a battery. Um, to win the race, um, and, and you know, and had to earn that one. Uh, you know, get it, from, you know, past Tyler Reddick, past William Byron, and get around Denny Hamlin, who's probably going to be battling him when we go to the final four at Phoenix. So uh, I got that right, guys. I didn't say Homestead, so uh, good for me. Exactly. That's 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 a hard one to change. You know, guys, mm-hmm. you get you get set in a pattern, and you, you're used to saying it, and then all of a sudden they rock you a boat. Hey, listen. We think we think 2022 is kind of crazy on the schedule, but NASCAR announced, "Don't be shocked by what you see in 2023." Well, what do you think that means? Probably more well, they just, racetracks. They just keep looking at the guys, don't they? Uh, I, you know what. The speculation on what other tracks could possibly come up on the uh, on the board is is, uh, is that speculation. Um, something on the West Coast, I would suspect. 
does that short track in California materialize and become? Uh, and if it does, well, that's where they hold the uh, clash every year now before Daytona. Uh, just so many questions. The new car, uh, driver lineups uh, for the Xfinity and Truck Series are still bouncing all over the place as well as cups. So, uh, yeah, it, it could be anything, anytime, anyhow right now, and it, and it has been. Uh, I'm not surprised with the, the Stuart Haas thing and the NHRA. Uh, Tony's been uh, seeing and is uh, engaged to a drag strip gal. So uh, good for them. Good for Tony. Uh, let's spread the wealth. Uh, racing's racing, and, and uh, I think we expose each other well. Well, it's like hopefully if we work things out, We'll be, Kyle have 20 tracks, you'll have 20 tracks out there, and I'll have 20 tracks, so that's 60. And then we work together and work out of that 20 and 20 and 20. I, I suspect we'll have well over 100 races again next year, but it's going to be a little bit more organized. But people I'm not going to try to spill the beans, but um, if we can work it out, I'll be at Daytona Speed Weeks. There you go. Well, this sort of shoved her up my spine and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. Which includes a trip to New Smyrna and also possibly Volusia. And if we get there early enough, guys, we have to make a little day trip over to uh, the other side of the state and hit East Bay. East Bay is going to be shutting down in the next few years, and I need to get you both there to see some of the best dirt racing you'll ever see. You know, it's funny. My friend who I go with the, the races with has been to East Bay, um, believe it or not. So uh, that's something. So, to has be, he had know. any comments about it, Kyle? I He liked it. Um, you know, we talked about it the other night. Um, yeah, he liked going there, and, you know, um, it was good to see that. And um, yeah, I'd like to get there. That'd be nice, you know. Uh, the, the all-star sprints were there was the night I attended. Uh, and the one thing I noticed about the uh, track is the water table. It's so close to, it sits between two large bodies of water. So the water table with the track and in the surface of that, it stays tacky almost the entire feature event, guys. I've never seen anything like it. It's really a neat, really neat track. I mean, it stays sticky. I do want to mention, guys, uh, Port Royal has racing this weekend. Uh, tonight Ta-da. starts the Speed Showcase 200 weekend. Um, unfortunately, I cannot make it. Um, Got to pick my mom up at the airport Saturday afternoon. So it doesn't look like I'll make it in time to get there. But uh, looking to get to Evergreen on Sunday for the King of the Green Modifieds. Um, I know they have a big feature that day. It's their 2 o'clock start time. Also announced as well, um, well, they have the schedule out for Eastern States weekend, which is October 21st to 24th, so that's next weekend. And also, uh, the uh, the season ending is now called the Fall Brawl at Mahoning Valley Speedway. 125 laps for the Modifieds, 3,000 to win. That's a 2 p.m. start on Saturday, October 30th. So, not going to want to miss that one, you know, if you... If you're looking to watch that Xfinity race, or at least try and catch that, or at least if you're at Mahoning, do that. You do both at the same time. So, uh, yeah, a lot of racing that day, and usually it falls on a Martinsville race weekend. So, 
Um, yeah, looking forward to That's getting back to Mahoney. Nashville. Got to hit Dino up and you know get in there. <laughs> That's also Nashville weekend, also. So uh, looks like we've got good plans for that weekend coming up, Halloween weekend. Rowdy, you and I will be in Nashville, and Cal, we got you taking care of things in Pennsylvania. 125 laps at Mahoney. Uh, I've been there. Rowdy's been there. We know what it's probably going to be like. It's going to be a fun, exciting race. That's for sure. Hi, Kyle. It's going to be a dad and a son back together, too. Because my son's going to get to go. So that's, uh, you know, I'll tell you how special that is to you, Kyle. It's going to be special for me. at the racetrack. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. you know, trying to squeeze Evergreen in on Sunday, that's my goal. I hope the weather cooperates. I haven't looked at the forecast yet. But um, if not, um, like I said, Grandview does have a seasoning. Oh, we have to talk about this, too, because uh, I talked to Mark about this earlier. Our our one guest, our one friend, the, uh, the press PR department of Grandview Speedway, Ernie Saxon, has officially retired after 55 years of Grandview Speedway. It hit my wow. email. This afternoon, I called Mark. I told him about it, and uh, yeah, um, that was some really surprising news. You know, Ernie—I know Ernie's been in the business for a while, but um, yeah, that caught me by surprise a little bit. Um, have you know? We've had him on a few times. You know, he's, he's talked mm-hmm. about it. You know, his his experiences at Langhorn and other tracks in PA Reading um, that are no longer around. So uh, you know, his his expertise and. You know, his, uh, he said he's still going to write for Lenny Salmon's PR uh, production, so that will probably be indoor races. <laughs> uh, Area Auto Racing News, his column that he runs every week, um, that stuff will still be around. And, uh, yeah, he'll still, still probably be active in some ways, almost 80 years old. So uh, that's amazing um, that he's still in the business and still at it, you know. Um, I know he likes warm Florida as well, as most po- as most people do. So uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he'll get to spend some more time down there and uh, enjoy the, the warmer weather. Well, Kyle, you know what? You just made it for a perfect entrance for our guest this evening. Uh, we have a, he's a slightly younger version. So, Bob, welcome aboard again. We're so forward looking forward to having you talk about a little bit about Winchester. So, Roddy, can you flip him on over? Or- I sure can. Hey, uh Welcome to the Rowdy Maglot Show, Bob. Yeah, glad to be on board, but uh, sorry to hear about this guy retiring after 55 years because I just <laughs> retired, and uh, I made it 47. Oh and, uh, you know, the PR work is so different now in racing, and marketing's different, mm-hmm. and everything's done on a phone. And I think guys like us are just, you know, uh, sometime everything's got to end. So uh, I think that's the way he's probably looking at it, too. Now, I like Florida, the weather, but nothing compares to these Midwest high-banked racetracks. And uh, Florida, I think, has one banked racetrack, and uh, <laughs> that's right on the east they coast. They have, too. New, New Smyrna and Rowdy. Flags, Bob. And uh, if you've not been to either one of them, I highly suggest it. Winchester, they are not. There is nothing like Winchester. And we're so honored to have you call and talk a little bit about that historic fantastic. One of the oldest speedways, if not the oldest speedway in the United States, isn't it? 
It's the second oldest to Indy. Uh, Indy was built in 09, and uh, first race was 1911, of course, and uh, and then Winchester was built in 19, actually 13, but started racing in 1914, mostly uh, mm-hmm. Indian motorcycles in the early years, the first two years, but in 1916, they started running uh, what they called back then big cars, and uh, yeah, it wasn't until 1919, really. I mean, they, they were running pretty much big races, but uh, big crowds. It's just nobody was showing up that anybody knew. And then Howdy Wilcox won the 500 in 1919, and he showed up and won at Winchester. And uh, it seemed like somebody lit the candle. History was then made, wasn't it, Bob? Yes, it was. And, uh, you know, Howdy Wilcox, making friends with Funk's daughter, they uh, – Funk was smart as far as he made friends with Howdy. He knew he won the 500, and Howdy wanted to come back, but Funk talked him into bringing some more drivers and cars. And then it got to the point where unless you were an Indy 500 veteran, you weren't going to win a race. So uh, it got tougher and tougher. The crowds kept getting bigger. And, uh, I mean, the largest crowd I have ever at Winchester was in 1924, and there was almost 25,000 people there. Uh, back then, they had actual bleachers in turns three and four on the infield, and uh, I've got wow. a few pictures of that shot, and uh, just if you could see, there, you could not see an inch of grass in that infield. There were so many people <laughs> there. They were bringing them in by train cars. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, the history of the track, I think, is second to none when it comes to short track racing. And then the names who have won there, I mean, you know, we're looking at the 400 coming up Sunday, and uh, you guys know as well as I do, I mean, that's a a race of attrition, let alone uh, to the car, to the body. And uh, I've raced there quite a bit, and uh, I don't know, 50 laps seems like a lot. I can't imagine 400 in a super late model. And, uh, of course, those things are hot anyways inside there. They don't have the... Mm -hmm the special air conditioning units that the, the bigger divisions have. Some of them don't. So, uh, yeah, for a, a guy to go out there, the, the guys that are going to run Sunday are going to be a tough bunch. Uh, I got to admit, CRA has got this race down pat. I applaud them. They, uh, they have worked hard over a long period of years to getting their cars suitable for that race. And, uh, there at first, uh, they, with the Kindle late models, which they were in the beginning, uh, they brought right. a good field. It's just it was an attrition race, and then uh, uh, you get a guy that brings a car, and, and his brother sets up his brother's car, and they both get first and second. That kind of spoils the, the show a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the uh, CRA guys have done a good job getting this together. I like what they've got, their their package. I like their drivers. Their, their, some of those owners go back to the old days. So it's good to have them on board, and uh, it, it should be a heck of a race Sunday. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Bob. Uh, will you be in presence on Sunday to see the race, or are you going to uh, stay on yes, the race? Uh, no, I, uh, Friday night I have to be there. I'm actually meeting uh, a photographer there to get some work done, and then uh, uh, Saturday I have to race at Anderson in my roadster. <laughs> And then Sunday, I'm going to go to the 400, and I'm probably, I've got talked to four or five different guys that need help in the pits, so I'll probably go down there. And I did that in the old days, and I kind of missed that. So 
standing on the other side of the fence isn't going to be a bad thing for me. I think I'm going to enjoy it. Good. And uh, I'm going to get to see the race. And I never usually get to see much of the race because I'm working. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, I watch. think it's going to be a good show. I heard uh, Saturday night, you know, they got the run for the gun and everything. Like the whole weekend is a championship weekend for all the divisions. So the whole weekend will be a good deal and good show. I think the campground sold out. Uh, the race isn't sold out yet. There's still tickets available. Uh, everybody knows how to get them. You go online at winchesterspeedway.com. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a good crowd. Uh, it looks like weather is going to be perfect. Uh, I just I can't wait to get there, even though I'm going to race Saturday night, and I know I'm going to be exhausted <laughs> Sunday. Uh, the roasters have really uh, – I won the championship in 2019. I didn't get to celebrate Yay. it because of the pandemic. I uh, I didn't even get to have a banquet or nothing. And then last year they decided to uh, – I think they tried to kill me. <laughs> they wrecked they me about every race, and I actually hit the wall not long hard enough to put me out. And, uh, and then I uh, – Came back again this year with high expectations, but uh, we had some hot shoes come up from Charlotte with some fancy cars, and uh, they don't know how to run banking. So they destroyed, <laughs> I think 12 of us started one night, and they destroyed eight of us. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, Ooh. it's been a long two years. Uh, I, I'm really glad to see fans back in the grandstands. I know you guys love that. Yes, it's, yes, uh, immensely. Racing well, well, without a crowd was the most horrendous thing I've ever done in my life, and I hope I never have to go through it again. Bob, I think it was, uh, tw- it was 2018. We watched you race at the Lucas Oil. Y'all put on a good show there. I mean, it wasn't a wreck fest. Y'all, y'all raced. Yeah, we, uh, even at Winchester, the last race we had at Winchester in June, uh, the top, I finished sixth, I think, the top five cars uh, from first to fifth was like it's amazing it was like two one hundred thousandths of a second they were all side by side Ooh. going across the start finish line and uh it's just that we're all you know they're equal cars they, they they all have the same equipment they all unless you got a brand new motor it's it's sort of like indycar is today unless you got the new motor you're you're everybody's equal and it's a you know non-power steering non-power brakes it's very simple racing but yet it's a, a tough racing you, you got to be in shape and you got to be able to turn that wheel <clears throat> a lot of the younger guys get these cars they don't keep them long because they they find out that their shoulders and arms hurt really bad the next day <laughs> what's your favorite track bob your favorite track do what what's your favorite track that you drive oh it's winchester by far it's wide open i mean you you just don't even yeah i, I don't have my brakes working when I'm at Winchester, so I can't use them, but that, Winchester's <laughs> intimidating. You go out there in the roadster, and I mean, you think you got that little 1250 Yamaha, and you're, you're probably going to hit 100 average at the most, but with no power steering and 8-inch tires, uh, that's a wild ride around there, and uh, I don't know. I, like I've got lucky enough to win one race there. It was a big deal to me. It was on Old Timers Weekend. That was an even bigger deal because of our cars. And oh, cool. Very cool. All, all of them old drivers, Poncho and Tom and, and Merle Bittenhausen was there. And uh, to have them come down and 
and I know them guys from working with them over the years and, and working for some of them, to have them come down and think, you know, say what a good job you did winning is just – I don't think I could have ever won a race in a better place at a better time. Uh, the Indy 500 would be nice, but that's that's a big dream. So, uh, yeah, you guys can understand sometimes you want to win in front of your peers, and uh, it's just – I don't know how to put it. It, it, it. I can remember everything that was said to me that, that hour after the race. And, uh <laughs> It's sad we've lost so many people over the last two years, and I don't know if you guys heard we lost Doug Ald. Did you oh, guys boy. know who Doug Ald is? I do. Uh, yeah, I'm Doug wrote for Sp- uh, published Sprint and Midget magazine. We lost him uh, a couple days ago. I got the not. phone call, and uh, that, that's a big impact hit to the racing community as far as open wheel goes, because that's one of the few open wheel magazines left, and. Uh, he did all the work himself, pretty much. I, I know a, a handful of guys that was writing for him, and uh, just uh, reach out to that community. I hope we can save that magazine and keep it afloat. There's about five of us talking today. As I was driving to Indy to pick up my car here, uh, we got on the phone all together, and we're going to try to save that magazine and keep it from going under. Uh, well, good for you. Uh, let us know if we can assist in any way, Bob. Hey, Kyle, you're. Yeah. We, we we have a an open wheel on dirt fellow that we brought onto the show. Uh, his name's Kyle Magda. We call him the Stat Man. Uh, he's a younger version of you almost, Bob. But Kyle, you know what? Take a, take a stab at Bob here. I don't think you'll be able to stump him on anything. Is this like is this like stump the Schwab? I'm, I'm getting yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, uh, I, Kyle, I'll, I'll let you know that uh, dirt was not my forte, but I worked for a lot of good dirt drivers. So, uh, uh, had a lot well, of. Well, my uh, first question is, who did you who did you work for? I worked for Gary Bittenhausen, Tom Bigelow, and Paul Leffler. Uh, those those were the three, uh, the two drivers and the build, engine builder that I worked for. Uh, Basically, my job was to make sure everybody got home safe. I was the only guy that didn't party, drink, do anything bad. So it, it kind of went on down because uh, Parsons came on board later on, and I worked for him a little bit. And uh, Oh, gosh, I could – Howdy Holmes was down there for a while. Uh, of course, Greg Leffler, but Greg was young enough that he didn't I – don't, I don't think I remember even seeing Greg, Greg ever drink a beer. Okay, Rowdy. Uh, but Bigelow and Bittenhausen and Parsons now, they could probably <laughs> wow. empty a bar's cooler in about 25 minutes after a race. So uh, those were good guys to work for. Sounds like the Dick so my, my first question for you, Bob, is other than competing at Winchester, what is your favorite racing memory there? At Winchester? Yes, sir. Well... Gosh, there's been so many. I mean, it's hard to pick one, just one. I did watch Gary in 74. Gary Bittenhausen came to the track. He was uh, right up in the points with Dixon and and Sessions and them guys, and uh, he needed a a good day at the track, and he uh, went out and qualified and hit the wall and just destroyed his car. So he walked down and talked to the guy that qualified last, and I should know the guy's name, and I can't remember him. It's been so long ago. But he uh, 
Gary told him, said, listen, I got Willie Davis with me, my crew chief. All I need to do is, is work on your car a little bit. And he goes, I'll start dead last, and you can have all the money and everything. I just need my points. And the guy agreed to it. And coming out of four on the last lap, Gary passed Steve Chassie to win the race. And to see Gary Bittenhausen go through a field, a 50-lap feature at Winchester, starting 26 cars back then. I mean, it was just unbelievable to see him go through that field like that. There was only uh, two yellows, I think, so it wasn't like you know he was catching up and, and they were ganging, you know, getting them all ganged up together, and then him passing a bunch of them. He's passed them racing. So, as far as the most exciting thing I've seen, that would be one of them. Another one would probably be that Brian Ross and Scott Ross getting first and second in the 400. <laughs> Brian came and wow. <laughs> showed up the uh, the day before to practice and qualify, and he took his main car out and set it in front of him and set his lawn chair out. He did some work on it, went out, tested it, about five laps. And I went over there, and I thought something was wrong because he didn't go back out. And he goes, it's ready. He goes, I'm bringing in the backup car for my brother. His brother out-qualified him. <laughs> but Brian told me, he says, I'm, uh, it was Saturday night before the race. He goes, tell everybody in the campground I'm going to have free food drink everything for everybody. I'm going to win the race tomorrow. It'll pay for all of it. And he didn't lie. He, he <laughs> won the race. His brother got second in the backup car. They started 16th and 17th. So it wasn't a fluke. I mean, it was just something really good to see because ASA had been there so long and then the old pro series was there with NASCAR. And then here comes Kendall and everybody thought, is this going to be a good race? But there were some uh, heavy hitters in that field, um, like Eddie and a couple other guys were in there, Butch Miller, and that's just... How about Bob Seneca? He wasn't in that field. That was in 99. Uh, seeing Bob win from five laps down, that was something to see. And back then, wow. you didn't get no lucky dog. That was in the <laughs> late 70s, and you had to earn your way back on the lead lap. So uh, Bob Seneca is the ace of stock car racing at Winchester to win seven of those five in a row. Uh, and, uh, he was in there a couple others that he just, you know, cars fail sometimes, but, but I mean, you look at that 400 and, and the winners, I mean, you just, you know, the winning list is second to none, but then you look at the, the guys that raced in the old days, uh, the local guys like Dennis miles, who won the second one, uh, you had Jim Wyman from Parker City, who was a tough customer there in his day. And then uh, the Hoosier Tire dealer out of uh, Newcastle, Jackie Neal, whose uh, brothers have both mm -hmm. raced in ARCA, his sons, Tim and Scott Neal. Uh, I mean, Dave Sword. Those, yeah, those old day, days, Vern Schrock, Don Gregory, I mean, they were just, you know, those weren't really late models. <laughs> those were more like street stocks. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and the thing, and that's why people ask me, like, why can't they get a group like ASA back? I like CRA. Now, they're a completely different car. ASA had late models, and these are super late models, and some people don't know the difference, but it's the weight difference and the fact that those, those super late models are just lightning fast at Winchester. And, Mark, you've been there and seen they. I mean, they lift very uh, little in, in the middle of the apex. and, uh, and a half a it's, second, it's, it's around a half of a mile. It's incredible. 
And what's even wilder than that is one time I actually got to see the sprint cars run there, guys. Uh, they were in a 12, 13-second bracket. This is a half of a mile. Uh, the, the, the turn, the speed in the turns is absolutely incredible. And our, uh, yeah, our world record's still 12.6. That's 144 Ooh. average. Uh, and I've had Newman. That was before that record was broke. We had a uh, radar gun we would take up there with the sheriff's department. And we had Ryan Newman at 158 down the front stretch in a non-wing sprint. Wow. And uh, that was in the Aristocrat Johnny Vance special, which <laughs> uh, it's sad that he had to die. I mean, we're all going to die, but uh, a Vance car had won a feature there, a sprint car feature every decade since 1930. And then uh, Johnny passed away here a few years back, and uh, that's not going to happen again. It's sad, but... Uh, you know, like I said, we're all getting old. So, uh, uh, yeah, those sprint cars are fast there. They're supposed to have a race uh, at the end of October. Uh, uh, they, uh, the Silver Crown race was very exciting this year there for the first time ever to have it. Uh, they had a good field. Uh, Cody that series Swanson is awesome. Just, yeah, he's. He's set every Silver Crown record available. I can't believe that kid can't get a an IndyCar ride or a good, uh, even a truck ride, because uh, his racing experience is second to none. But, He's uh, been in an ARCA car. He has been in an ARCA car? Yeah, for GMS. Wow, I didn't know that. That's, that's exciting to hear, because uh, guys, you, you know, Mark, guys can get stuck in USAC. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you look at a guy like Jack Hewitt, you know, he was stuck there forever. And uh, and Jack is one of the top drivers I ran around with and knew. He was one of Tom's arch enemies on the track. Everybody, you know how it was back then. They thought Dixon and Bittenhausen hated each other, but they'd be drinking after the race. And uh, Hewitt and Bigelow was the same way. When Hewitt got close to breaking Bigelow's record, and we thought he, he would break it, there's no doubt in my mind, he would have held the record if he hadn't gotten that wreck. But, uh, yeah, they were buddies all the way. And then last uh, little venture I went with both of them together, it's 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 a blast to be with them, too, because they both like to drink. <laughs> they both like to tell jokes about each other, and they don't give each other an inch just like they didn't on the track. <laughs> but walking outside the bar, they'll be shaking hands and holding their arms around each other. They're best of friends. And that's the way racing should go back to that. Uh, I've tried to get my drivers to do that uh, before the race down at Anderson. We're sitting in that X, and we're getting ready to go out. I'm yelling at them guys, and I'm I'm shoving my fist at them and stuff. And after the race, they're like, what's wrong, Bob? And I went, I'm trying to put on a show for the crowd, you guys. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Make them think we don't like each other, you know. They like like drama. The crowd loves yeah, me and one guy's thinking of having a wrestling match after a race. And, uh, <laughs> he's a great big bodybuilder, and I'm a little guy, and we've talked about it, and he said if the track owner would let us, we're going to do it. It's, okay. it's a plan for next year. and uh, uh, Keep us informed, uh, Anderson, please, Bob. Anderson is known <laughs> for fighting after races. So. Yes. Yes, it and, is. And Bob. how has Toledo Speedway been, guys? I'm They've been hanging there. in there, fat and flat rock. Uh, they've read, they run really uh, decent uh, programs this year. I think flat rock's more of a weekly 
where Toledo's now more special events. Uh, much yeah, like the bigger tracks are Bob. all going to that special mm-hmm. event stuff. Toledo and, uh, is one of those places that's it's deceptively fast. You don't realize how darn fast it is after, until you see it run a couple of laps. It, that was by far the, the smoothest track up. I've ever driven on. Really? I mean, IRP was smooth. Winchester's not mm-hmm. bad. But uh, we were up there in 2017 or 18, uh, the Roadsters were. And, uh, yeah, I actually beat a sprint car driver from Michigan that borrowed one of our cars, and he should have beat me. But uh, I just adapted to that track. So uh, it, it was like riding on glass. It was really slippery but yet still smooth, and I had lots of grip. So, uh, yeah, wow. I think I finished third that race out of 12 of us, and I was really happy. It was like one of the best races I had up to that <laughs> point. And then I asked Ron Drager to have us back, but, uh, you know, everything changed hands up there. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I would I, love to I go know back Rod up there. Holmes, but I'm not sure who's running the facility. We deal with the, uh, the ARCA PR uh, gentlemen, uh for the most part, we've had Charlie crawl on the show quite a few times. Charlie's a nice, he's also a character. And that's what we need more in races. We need characters and drama, like Rowdy just said. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, I think that, I know that Bigelow and them guys in the old days, the USAC guys, they already knew when they got to the track they were going to put on a show, whether it was arguing with each other or a fight in the pits, or throwing beer cans mm-hmm. at each other, or whatever they could after a race to get something going. And then, like I said, you'd see them at a bar an hour later, and they'd be buddies. <laughs> and Bigelow gave me really good advice. I got, I got a, I had a little tip or tantrum up at Fort Wayne at Bearfield, and I actually threw my uh, my roll jack, a ninety pound roll jack, about the whole length of my eighteen foot trailer, Ooh. and. Uh, when I left the track, I was so upset that I was mad at everybody that I called Bigelow for advice, and he told me something that I keep in my mind today, that he goes, 20 minutes after the race is over, if you're not in victory lane, it don't matter. He goes, it doesn't matter. Just get home and put the car back together. So I've lived that way ever since racing. I thought no matter what happens, and I've been in some pretty bad wrecks the last two years that don't blame anybody we when we go out there we never know what's going to happen and uh we've lost a few here in in the roaster class so uh it's been a rough rough two years the pandemic and then losing drivers and losing drivers in cars and uh, I I don't know. I, I just think that the show needs to come back, and uh, I don't know. I wish I knew how to fix it because it's tough. Uh, it's it's racing has gotten not as much. I don't think it's as expensive as it was five years ago, but I think the cost of getting to the track is killing people now. Not just yeah. the drivers and the teams, but the fans. And then uh, with the economy the way it is now. I'm afraid, I hope it gets better before next spring because it's going to shoot racing in the foot. Uh, the, the traveling cost is just way too high right now. And Indiana's trying to pass a law where now you may have to have a CDL license to pull a race car. And we don't have that in Indiana. So uh, that that would be another major cost. 
Uh, it's, it's just getting up there. But uh, but on good news, like I said, 400 weekend. And uh, does Kyle go to Gas City? No, I've never been there. You've never been to Gas You need to go there, Kyle, if you like dirt. Uh, uh, it's uh, a lot like Lawrenceburg, if you've ever been to Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Uh, it's probably one of the fastest quarter-mile dirt tracks in the country. So uh, you get a chance, you ought to go down there and watch it, whether it's stock car or uh, open wheel. They put on good shows at Gas City. And uh, I know I, I talked to Tony a lot about Eldora, and he said that Gas City could be a thorn in the side down the road. I mean, they, they sell a lot of tickets there. So, uh, and the yeah, access missed... to it is so much better than Eldora. It's right off Interstate 69. It's there just north of Indianapolis. It's really yeah. perfectly situated, isn't it, Bob? It's in a perfect location. I actually grew up there in Gas City, and there was no oh. racetrack there when I was a kid. And uh, we race we race in a junkyard, go karts in a junkyard in gravel, and it was it's a blast. Too. Uh, <laughs> uh, we had we had a tree trimming business. My dad did so we'd take the McCullough chainsaw motors off on Friday night, put them on go karts, and oh then go gosh. race Saturday, and then Sunday take the motors back off and then put them back on the chainsaw. And uh, that was a lot of fun back then. We never won nothing. We never had nothing but pride. But uh, yeah, when Gas City opened in the yeah, that was enough. Yeah, uh, Gas City opened in the early '80s, and I know uh, Bigelow raced there. John Andretti did in the day. Uh, I think Jeff Gordon raced there a couple times. Uh, And then uh, when a guy named Jig started doing the handling of the track in the early 90s, it really just took off. And they closed for, I think, a season or two there, but now it's back. And uh, like I said, I'm not the – I don't know. We can run these roadsters on dirt, and I would love to go to Eldora and run it, uh, but we can't get the other guys to commit because they're afraid of getting their cars dirty. So uh, Uh I I don't know how to fight that. You know, I I tell them that. That is a tough one. Well, well, I just what? tell them, you know, we used to take them to the car wash as soon as the race was mm-hmm. over and spray them down they and come. then take them to the shop and clean them back up. But these guys are just, they don't want to get their cars dirty is what it all boils down to. Oh, my to. gosh. <laughs> That's interesting. Now, now uh, Kyle wants to know some history. I'm I'm sitting here in my truck, and I'm looking at a book that I helped write. And uh, what he would have liked to have seen at Winchester is what I call the MRA Roadsters back in the 40s and early 50s. Ooh. They were convertibles, and they were basically no just – No roll cage. Yeah, and no roll cage at all. And uh, oh. uh, I had a buddy here in uh, uh, Richmond that uh, – he was related to a guy named Red Renner who lost his life in a sprint car at Winchester but in the early 60s. But he uh, – he was a big, big uh, racer in those roadster days, and uh, they would have – it's amazing back then. They'd have – you know, you think now today big car counts and stock cars. Back then, if they'd get 25 roadsters, that was a lot of stock cars. And uh, yes. you know, the first stock car race in history, and I have it in here, <laughs> was in July of 1928. And it was uh, Henry Ford sent up nine Model A's, nine Model A's to Winchester. Wow. 
to see how they would appear on the racetrack. Uh, it, it really wasn't a race. It was an exhibition. But it kind of set the tone, I think, from then on as far as they didn't – you could have something other than just uh, a big cars on a track. And right. uh, and, it, and it probably appealed to, to some of the guys back then that, you know, you could go to a junkyard and buy a car and race it. Uh, you could actually still do that in the 60s and 70s, but you can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Not if you want to be – anywhere competitive or even make the field at this point anymore. So Now, I will That's say, about change. five years ago at Winchester, in the campground, I seen a guy with a front-wheel drive, and it was really looked bad. It was fenders sticking up and twisted, and and he wanted like 700 for it, and some guy wow. bought it in the campground. And he borrowed his uniform and gloves and stuff and won the Labor Day race, won $1,500. <laughs> and I look, he had a radio in it. He was playing the radio when he when he stopped on the front stretch oh, to get gosh. his trophy. And I, I was like, now this is cool. You know, this is old school here. <laughs> you don't see that anymore. So, uh, hey, guys, I don't know how long you can keep me. I got to get going. I'm heading home with my race car. Uh, well, that's a good way to have you on the show, Bob. Uh, absolutely, yeah, I Bob. That. I uh, I enjoy talking to you guys, and uh, I like talking about history. Uh, sad thing that's in racing, why we like I mean, talking. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm on the go so much now since I'm not working at Winchester, and I'm getting to travel and race more and go to more races. Uh, that's the thing I'm not going to miss. I'm not going to miss those 15, 16-hour days. Uh, the PR guy it's just retiring. He probably did what I did in the old days when we did a race and it was over. I had to sit in the media room at Winchester and fax for eight hours in the middle of the night. And I have to fax to radio stations, newspapers, magazines all over the country. I think wow. there was like there's like 390 faxes I had to make. And back then you didn't have where you could dial them all at once. Yeah, right, one at a right. time. And, and uh I remember calling in, the, there was a radio show back then called the McDonald's Motorsports Report, and we used to have to call them in at midnight. And uh, uh, I can tell you who did that show was Don Kay out of Indianapolis, who was a heck of a media guy. Sounds familiar. Yeah, he, he drove familiar. in his day, I think he drove some midgets. So, uh mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss that. I'm not gonna miss those long days. I'm, I'm gonna miss the people I worked with. I'm gonna miss the the people I work with at other tracks, which I'm still doing some. Uh, uh, we lost so many guys last year. Losing Dick Jordan out of USAC, uh, that was like losing a dad. Uh, last time I seen Dick, we actually had a party in his basement. If you guys had been in his basement, you would have been in awe. He had the first issue of the 1911 Indy 500 program, issue one, program number one. And I asked him what he paid for it, and he looked around his basement and goes, hey, I got that at a pawn shop, and my wife found out what I paid for it. She'd kill me, so I don't mention that number. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he had a a trophy down there from Monaco. He had uh, – Tony would go down there and play poker with us, Smokewood, and he had Tony's last championship helmet 
that Tony wore in NASCAR when he won his championship was would that have been an 04? Kyle? I can't remember, but when he retired, uh, which, it, okay, he sent that helmet that night, FedExed it to Dick Jordan. And uh, when I was down in the basement last with Tony, he looked up and he goes, man, he goes, what's he going to do with all this stuff? And then Dick died of cancer like three months later. Oh and uh, I, I have been over there and actually we're cataloging stuff. We're trying to figure out what to do with it. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway would love to have it, but they don't want to pay for it. <laughs> so, it, it, uh, it, it, it needs to be paid for at least to an extent, and it, but it needs to be someone who is going to be willing to uh, display it. Uh, basements are great, but it makes for a select few. And I, for one, I would have loved to been. Yeah, you're right. Rowdy and I probably never left. It's taken us two or three weeks to just get the heck out of there, Bob. Yeah, I know, too. I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, I have two houses full of memorabilia, and it's not just programs and pictures. I mean, I have. I just gave uh, Suzanne Stapp, who works for Hoosier, her her dad owned Poncho Carter's sprint cars, and I had a lot of parts off them sprint cars that I picked up after races that they wrecked, and she's putting them cars back together. So I got them back to her. But uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with all my stuff. I'm probably going to donate it to IMS if something is going to happen to me or if I get sick, it'll probably go to uh, the Winchester museum. They actually have a museum in town. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Stuff attracts if you're a historian because people take it <laughs> and you never see it again. So uh, I quit taking stuff out at Winchester. Uh, I did leave a lot of pictures on the walls out there. I've told Charlie that they're his, uh, I have no need for some of them, you know, and it's just pictures. But uh, I, I'm just guessing I have a half a million pictures in my oh house my in Winchester. I have one bedroom that's stacked four feet high with boxes. It's nothing but photographs. And uh, I go through them once a year, <laughs> and then I set them all back in there. I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't thinking know why. Rowdy? Uh, uh, I, Kyle? It's time for Bob Lemons to do a book or three or four with all the information. Uh, do us yeah. all a favor, Bob. Do it. I mean, I, I, I've i got tons of racing books in my collection. I'd love to have one from yours. Okay. And uh, I'll, I can work on that. And I do work still with Bill Holder, who is a hell of a writer. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Bill and I are, are – are talking about doing some other stuff. We did a book on Dayton Speedway. Uh, we did a book on Earl Baldus. We did a book on Winchester. Uh, we did an ASA book. And then we did one here in Richmond, Indiana. They had a Richmond Midget Stadium here that was dirt. And, uh, wow. Hell, AJ Foyt, uh, Red Amick. I mean, I could just go on forever. Sonny Yates, all them guys raced here back in the day. And, uh, it's like a lot of tracks. It was in the middle of town, and they just basically had to get rid of it because of the noise. Uh, but and it was the was, hub of the town at one time, and yeah, you know all the tracks. Then there was tracks Jungle were, Park. Yeah, I've got a, I've got Jungle a sign Park. for Jungle Park <laughs> Speedway. Uh, a great big wooden sign that was over the entrance of the track that it was sitting oh, in a dump, cool. and I just picked it up, and then uh, yeah, Save. one time. 
here just in this area between Dayton and Winchester, there was like 31 racetracks. Wow. I mean, every fairground had a racetrack that raced cars on mm-hmm. at one time. And they just have gone away. And uh, I'm glad we're so lucky Charlie Shaw bought Winchester when he did. If he didn't, I don't think it would be there. He has really done a good job at taking care of the place. And without him, I I think that track would have folded. So uh, I hope whoever gets it can keep it. Uh, The guy that's promoting it right now, he had a tough year this year. I don't know. And uh, he had to cancel a lot of races. So that that isn't the answer, I don't think. I think the answer is going to be, I, I really think, and I'm going to put this out there because I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to. I think the right guy to own Winchester Speedway is a kid named Brady Bacon. Brady owns his right. own promoting company. So uh, he lives in Winchester. He... Uh, definitely has won a lot of championships and uh, probably one of the best midget dirt drivers in the world, let alone country. So uh, I'm going to be meeting with him in a month. So Simon at Bloomsburg. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a character as far as uh, he can, he can drive a midget. It's, and, and I think he's won the, the sprint car championship two or three times. So, uh, but yeah, he's a he, he's a, only raced at Winchester once. He dra- drove for Casey Kane and won the race, and then he uh, married uh, our trophy girl. So, he stole uh, everything that day. He took the all the loot. He took everybody <laughs> what home. Story. So. What a great story! Another one, Bob. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> hey I, I'm going to have to get off of here. It's getting late, and I guess still got a ways to ride home. Uh, right, be Bob. safe, my friend. Well, love, Thank you. Love talking to you guys. You uh, too, Bob. Always. Mark, you keep in touch with me. I'll and see you Sunday, you get Bob. To the track. Yeah, if you if you see if you're there Sunday, text me. And let me know where you're at so I can catch up you with got you. Got it. And, uh, I'll, I'll and I may have a book not, with me. Have you gotten a haircut yet, Bob? Well, I can say this on this. Air. Hell no. Because if, if you have it, that means I'll find you really easy. I'll find you really now, easy then, folks. Every now the and then at the racetrack. beautiful track, mane of hair. <laughs> every now and then at the racetrack, I'll pull a trick on everybody, and I'll stick the hair all up under my hat, and I'll pull my cap down. And I mean, I had one guy. He's about my age. He was in the military about the same time I was, and he's really – he was a Marine. I was in the Navy, so we don't see eye to eye on everything. He came over and he was like, oh, Bob, you look so, so much more respectable, and I just really appreciate you doing what you did. And I took my hat off and shook my head, and I go, what? He goes, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And he walked away from me. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll be you, honest Bob. with you guys. I, I had my hair shaved until I was 24 years old. I played sports in school. I uh, I joined the military and was committed to eight years to that and loved every minute of it. Just it didn't pay much back then. And, uh, so yeah, when I got out, I was tending bar, and some I heard some girls talking. They went, look at that guy down there with the long hair and the pretty blue eyes. And it wasn't me. So I went out and bought blue contacts and let my hair grow. <laughs> and it Cha-ching. worked. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I, I've decided, uh, I lost my mom a month ago, 
Oh, and uh, our condolences. Uh, she was 89 and very sick, but uh, I'm one of nine, so uh, I'm the oldest. And I was just talking to her about some stuff, and she just reached up. The night she died, I, I was with her the whole night, and she reached up and told me, said, don't cut your hair, boy. And uh, <laughs> oh, that's I, I got a Swiss cheese on me that's enough now not to break her rules. <laughs> I was the only I'll, kid in the I, family, I she you. said, that, that she'd say, go get a switch off the tree, and I'd jump the back fence and run away for two hours. Because by the time so the other kids it. would get under her feet, she'd forget about me. <laughs> That's history. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, guys, what I'm going to go. Uh, Mark, Thank I'll you, see you Sunday. Uh, text me so I'll you know where it. you're at the track, and I'll bring you a book, okay? Well, thank you. Much appreciated. We'll add it to the – we may even have a, a special use for that book, Bob. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, okay. thank you. No problem. Kyle, got anything before we let this nice gentleman go? Just, uh, you know, a great night, and thanks for coming on, Bob. Yeah, and Kyle, uh, I don't know. Uh, if you can find a dirt ride for me, I'd sure like to get in one something. So if you ever hear of anything, uh, Mark's got my number, and tell him I am scared I of do. nothing. <laughs> I have been in – you know to push me right there? We're going to get Kyle up here, so <laughs> – Kyle, do you Thank know the push me so race much. is? <laughs> is it? Kyle, do you know what a push me race is? I do not. That's where you have a car with no motor in it, and a guy behind you has a car with a motor in it, a stock car, and pushes you the entire race. Wow. And if that, like that guy wrecks or loses you, and another guy loses his car, <laughs> then another guy can pick you up. And yeah, that's uh, I did that at Winchester, and I told the guy he oh got my. behind me, and I, I walked back there, and he goes, "What?" And I went, "I ain't touching the brakes because they ain't gonna work." I said, "You, if I go into the wall, you just keep pushing." And I think we got third <laughs> or fourth out of like thirty cars. So oh, I'll race anything, <laughs> anywhere, anytime. You guys take care. There you go. Thanks, Bob. Okay, I'll Thanks, see you Sunday, Bob. Mark. Bye bye. You got it, Bob. Thank you, Kyle. Bye. You had it. It's more than a slogan. Whether you're on the track, or making your own track, General Tire anywhere is possible. There you have Bob Lemon. Man, that was awesome, guys. He tried to get off for a half hour. And he kept talking. <laughs> I know, and, I know. And and, and, it, and it doesn't matter, Kyle. It's the same thing every time we have Bob on. It's so great. Uh, what? A, yeah. Uh, just give him a couple of suggestions, and away he goes. It's, it's beautiful. All right. So glad we got him tonight, Rowdy, Kyle. Really was fun. What well, Kyle said, think, Kyle? Kyle said, Kyle said, I hope you got the show set for 90 minutes. I said, you know it. <laughs> I, I, you know, um, I'm not surprised it went this long. I'm surprised it didn't go longer. But uh, 
where he's at, where he's heading to, guys, it's all Tulane. It's it's pitch black out now because it gets dark so early. And uh, you're pulling a trailer with a race car. You need to concentrate. And uh, he's a sharp man. He knew better. So, Kyle, what you got, man? Let's fill us in the dots here for Monday night. All right, guys. It's Thursday night, but uh, that's well. Hey, I, I said till sir, till Monday night. Yeah, you're you're supposed to fill in the dots till Monday night till we come back. I understand yeah, your faith. Day. I have said that twice. I have done that twice. Kyle, well, I understand. More than once, too, Kyle. Well, uh, well, if, line, if Grandview doesn't doesn't materialize Saturday night, at least they'll have Evergreen Sunday. So that's what's coming up. Try and get some stuff from Evergreen, and uh, we'll see about that. But, um, you know, we'll see how the day goes and the week goes. And uh, got two races at Texas this weekend, uh, both on NBC. And um, we'll try and, you know, keep an eye on those as well. All right, Shotown. Well, everybody kind of knows what I'm up to on this Sunday, but I think I'm going to run over to uh, Kokomo Speedway and see some sprint cars. Uh, weather is taking effect on tomorrow night's racing uh, pretty much the entire state of Indiana. So, that being said, uh, everything's been pushed back a day. Uh, the uh, racing at Winchester tomorrow night will now be on Saturday, and uh, Friday night's racing at uh, Kokomo will be on Saturday, and uh, the Saturday race is on Sunday. Uh, and, of course, on Sunday... Uh, we have the Winchester 400. That's, that's the biggie besides the cup race over there in Texas. Uh, big weekend racing. We still got a lot of big racing going on. Uh, Winchester this weekend. Uh, Zell's got a big race next week. And Ark is going to finish up that season, guys. And uh, we're looking forward to catching that from Kansas. Xfinity and Cup are there also. Uh, you have to watch a little bit of that. Arca West race today on uh, on television. Good race. Uh, I hope it continues. Uh, JoJo, she had a nice solid, kept herself out of trouble. Uh, looking forward to seeing her maybe at some of these big Pro League mile races at the end of the year. So, Rowdy, again, thanks. Uh, it's a blast again. Thursday night, Monday night, doesn't matter. Uh, but in the case tonight, we'll see you Monday night. Let that light shine bright, bright, bright. We'll see ya. All right, guys. Hey, listen. Uh, Mark mentioned JoJo. Bill McAnally's going to all Chevrolet's, guys. They're getting out of the Toyota business, which might mean developmental drivers in the Chevrolet, which looks good for uh, JoJo's future. So, guys, hey, till Monday night, guys. Looking forward to it one more time. We'll, we'll dig it up. Some more information on that. Looking forward Three, to hearing more on JoJo and All right, Ronnie. Thanks, guys. Three, Good racing. Yeah, yeah. And that's Bye-bye, the way Kyle. it goes. Hey, Kyle. Appreciate it, guys, one more time. All right, Roddy. We'll talk later. Be good. Hey to Rod. Hey to Lynn. I'll do it. You got it. Good night. Gotta go take care of the dog. She's missing her mama. Good night. See ya.